Welcome to another episode of Making Magic with your host, Bradley Morris from Magic Media. This is the go-to show for purpose-driven creators to get inspired with innovative new ideas to produce your educational content, build thriving online communities, and turn your message into a movement. Action! All right, welcome to events number five in this week's Fall Creators Club launch event. Uh, what is the Creators Club? The Creators Club is a space for creators like you that are making things in the world, on the internet, building communities, doing podcasting, videos, courses, all the things. You're fostering community. You are changing lives. This is the place where you can come and get the support that you need to level up, to make more ripples in the world, to generate more revenue by having a more strategic business plan and marketing strategy, by upgrading all of your media, by maybe changing your whole business model altogether, if that's what you're ready for. That's what we're here to support you with. Today is our Magic Mind coaching session. So every two weeks inside of the Creators Club, the group of coaches here and the community members, we get together and you get the opportunity to be in the hot seat. And that is basically what we're saying is you get coaching, direct laser focused coaching. Now we realized as we got here, we're like, hmm, attendance is a little lower today. Oh yeah, it's Veterans Day and it's Memorial Day. so. Thank you, everybody out there, for your service to our freedom. And we're just going to roll with it. We had questions that were pre-emailed in. And if anybody shows up that does want live coaching, we are here to coach you. And for those of you listening and uh, watching this in the future, I guarantee, just like every time we do this, other people's questions are going to serve the questions that you have rolling around in your head. You're going to have new insights, new epiphanies. This is your opportunity to receive the support that you're looking for to go to your next level. So before we dive into the coaching, I think it's just important that you understand who our team of coaches is. So we're each going to take up to 60 seconds to introduce ourselves and the superpowers that we bring inside of the creators club to the people that are there. So um, I guess I'll start because I'm already, I got the talking stick right now too. So I'll just uh, share. I'm Bradley Morris. I am the founder of Magic Media, and I'm a father and the founder of Magic Kids, which is our new publishing and production company for kids. Um, so I've been making, uh, I've been creating consistently for over 18 years now as an entrepreneur, as an independent creator. Um, I've produced viral videos. I've made a meditation library that has uh, impacted the lives of millions of people and created passive income for myself for over eight years and, and growing. Um, I am, I guess, a spark. So I help to ignite ideas, inspiration. I take the visions, goals, and dreams that you have inside of your head and heart, and I help you ground that into a uh, strategy and an action plan. When somebody, uh, when I'm working with people, uh, and we come up with what your plan, I can see the journey from the bottom of the mountain to the top of the mountain. I can help map that out for you so that you can see the step-by-step -step process. I've been doing this for a lot of years. At Magic Media, we've built over a dozen Mighty Network communities, uh, produced hundreds of entertainment-based educational videos. Uh, so I, I've built a lot of things and I've uh, done a lot, countless, countless launches for uh, products I've created and, and communities, memberships, and products that we've supported others to create. So 
Uh, I'm happy to support you in all of those realms. And I'm going to pass it over to Chela. Chela is one of our new coaches here at the Creators Club. Chela, who who are you? Who am I? My name is Chela Davison, and I live on Bowen Island on the unceded lands of the Squamish Nation. And I have been an entrepreneur and business owner since I was 19. So I started my first business, which was a hair salon, good old brick and mortar back before you needed a website. We weren't even online, all word of mouth, community building, team building, creativity. I sold that business in 2008 to retrain as a coach because I wanted depth, depth, depth with people. Uh, One of my superpowers is taking, uh, really meeting people where they are and helping them to see things that are outside of their view, particularly around gaining clarity, what their genius is. Uh, It's amazing how brilliant, creative gifted human beings are and so much of the time those gifts and that genius is outside of our view or we don't know how to wield it so one of my superpowers is helping people to see what they've got and then grow what they don't yet have so that they can uh, really bring their gifts into their world the world and their genius into the world and for the last 13 years I have worked with entrepreneurs creative entrepreneurs authors coaches For a spell, I went and worked for and with the coaching company that I was trained with. So I was the president of Integral Coaching Canada, the lead teacher of the Integral Coaching Certification Program, training hundreds of coaches worldwide. So I have depth and scope around depth program design, uh, experiential education, how to create programs and courses that really create sustainable change for people, both online and in person. And I'm so stoked to be part of this community and to be sharing my journey with my business and to be helping you rock yours. Thank you. Uh, And if anybody wants to see Chela's work, just go to chelaDavison.com and you can see more about her there. All right. I'm going to pass the baton over to Neil. Neil, come on down. Who are you? All right. Thank you, Bradley. (laughs) Uh, my name is Neil Santos, and I am the East Coast contingent of the, the coaches here, uh, hailing from New England, uh, New Hampshire specifically. Um, yeah, I I started my journey on the wall. I'm a lifelong artist and musician, um, went to Berkeley College of Music and got out of there, uh, graduated and started my, my journey in education, started teaching guitar, had my own private studio eventually, teaching hundreds of people. Um, and then took that online in early 2000s. And that's where my online education journey began. Um, I always love to educate and inspire people and bring it online was the, the next step to bring it to the masses. Um, I learned about web design, digital design. I've recorded um, albums. I've written a couple books and self-published those. Um, thousands of hours of video. Um, and I've also worked in the um, university, online university space as a multimedia developer um, for a large university, national university, international now, I guess. Um, and yeah, I just, I love to inspire people to create media around there and content around their passion and um, this is a great place to do it. And I get to work with the best coaches around here at the creative club and some of the best members um, that we could ever ask for. So, yeah, I hope that'd be. And, 
I'm just going to say Neil's just too humble to brag about it, but he's produced the greatest platform and coaching program called the pentatonicway.com for people that want to rock the guitar like a guitar god. So I'm just going to put that in there for you, Neil. Uh, So check out the pentatonicway.com and check out Neil's YouTube channel because you'll see his magic in action there. And over to you, Claudia. Who are you? Who am I? Uh, Claudia Miró. I am a living in the United States of America, just outside of Seattle, Washington and Kingston on the Kitsap Peninsula, the land of the Suquamish. And um, I run the Inspired Brand. I'm the chief inspiration officer. But like many of my my co-coaches, I'm multi-passionate and I've had I've had a lot of different lives and entrepreneurial chapters over the years. So um, for 14 plus years, I've been really focused around helping coaches, authors, thought leaders, people who are making a positive impact with their work, but have a unique body of work, really define what that is, how to talk about it, how to visually represent it, and then how to build online platforms that support their vision and their mission and bring their community together. So that's been the focus. And in the midst, I am a fan and a, and a, a worker of transformational work. So, um, you know, that's sort of mixed in with my passions for sure and, and who I work with and support of. So I have, I think, an understanding of the language that coaches and authors and people who are doing transformational work, um, I think that's part of what I help them understand is how to talk about it and how to express it. But um, yeah, I'm a fan of coaching. I've taken some CTI courses and in the midst of sort of my own transformation and my own next chapter, which will include online content and communities and also being part of the Creators Club. So we're all in the mix. I think with the last few years, we know there's a lot of change afoot. So I'm really digging in with everybody to, I think that's the call for creativity at the moment is for us to really create the next. So that's what we're we're here and we're doing. Each of us is doing inside of Creators Club. Um, I have cats and I have a passion for the outdoors. So I weave all of that into what I bring into the Creators Club. Beautiful. Okay. Now we know who is in front of us here. Um, and Claudia, uh, if you want to see some of the magic that she's done, check out our website at magickids.com, M-A-J-I-K, kids.com, the tech, the infrastructure, the beautiful design work. Um, yeah, their, their team is magical and wonderful. And that is something that you get to tap into inside of the space. So now let's get into the magic mind. This is The reason I call this the magic mind so long ago is they used to call them masterminds. But what happens when you get a group of us together and we're all focused on solving problems and finding solutions and elevating one's business and answering questions, what happens is quite magical because you can go from stuck to breakthrough in a matter of moments. And that is the magic of the magic mind is when we have this group, this collective that not just the four of us who are the coaches, but also all of the other creators inside of the club, when we're all focused on one person's business, we can 
we can move mountains together and we can come up with solutions and ideas. We can offer unique perspectives that are not available when we're sitting in our individual silo by ourselves in our little office, wearing our pajamas while being distracted with social media. So that is the beauty of this. And every time we do a magic mind, it's like you've just given yourself two weeks worth of wonderful tasks to help you get up the next leg of your mountain. So the way this will work today, we have a bunch of questions that have been written in over the last week here. And then we also, uh, as people come on live, uh, we can answer those too. So just to show you how this is going to work, we're just going to start with one of our um, pre-written questions, and then we can do a live question after that. And uh, basically, all the coaches here, you just chime in as you feel inspired. Um, so I'm just going into my questions. And I know coaches, you have your own email list. So if you have questions that were sent to you, just send them to me inside of the scope of the chat and I will uh, get to those as well. So this first one is, hi, I'm a meditation teacher. I did my training with the Radiant Sutra School of Meditation. I want to quit my job as a graphic designer and do this for a living. It is hard to make enough money to just teach meditation. What advice do you have for me to make this my full-time thing? Marissa. Okay. I love, I mean, obviously, um, my background, what I've done. I love this question. Um, I'm going to just jump in real quick and, uh, and get this one going. So the... I think there's so many ways. If you want to teach meditation full-time, I would say give yourself a, a one to two year roadmap of doing it, but start today. So number one, uh, what I found was the most important piece uh, when building my meditation business was I was teaching locally in Victoria, BC. Uh, at first I started once a week, but that quickly grew to twice a week, which Within three months of teaching, I was teaching three days a week. Um, I was doing Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturday mornings. And I built a hub inside of my community. But not only that, I built my muscles. I learned how to show up, hold space, teach, facilitate. And then as time went on, I realized that I was missing a huge part. And I had no production skills at the time. And tech back then, uh, back in like 2009, 2010, 2011, was a lot different than it is now. It's way easier to produce world-class stuff now. So number one, number one advice, create a regular schedule. Teach at least twice a week in your local area. If only one person shows up, treat that one person like there are 100 people in an audience and hold space for them because every, every person that comes is going to be important and they're going to be a part of your learning journey. Number two get a really good microphone and start recording those meditations immediately. Record them while you're doing them so that you can start to build a library of meditations. Maybe you'll release them, maybe you won't release them. Number three, start writing meditation scripts. Uh, write, get into a practice, schedule your success, have at least three hours every single week that you're writing scripts and you're recording those scripts. Once you get say five written, then go into the studio, batch it, record it, and get start building a meditation library. So I've made hundreds of thousands of dollars. There's hundreds of apps. Literally, my assistant just did four or five hours of research on, on uh, meditation apps, mindfulness apps, 
um, presence apps, etc. And we had over a hundred new apps on our list that we reached out to, to license my existing library to not exclusively. So we can have the same stuff generating revenue and reaching audiences across many different places. So start recording your library, start building a database of apps. And every time you have a few new submit, a few new tracks, submit those. If you can get in with one or two or three or four apps early on in your career, and you're consistently creating new content all the time, you can build an audience on those apps. Some of those apps, meditation apps, have hundreds of thousands and millions of people. You can build an app in, or an audience inside of there instead of trying to build it on social media, which is super lame. And you can uh, start earning passive income immediately for those tracks across multiple platforms. So um, basically the apps, they'll either buy out your tracks outright, they'll pay you monthly, quarterly, annually, or they'll pay you per play. And if you can do that with four or five um, different apps, you can start to build enough revenue that you could cut down your hours. So those are three things. Teach locally, do it consistently. At least twice a week, you have a group, you have a space, and you're teaching. Number two, record those sessions. Number three, have a writing practice and produce every time you write, say, five tracks. And just keep going with that and you'll build something. If you need help learning how to build a meditation library, then join the creators club. So those are my three tips. You can do this. You can definitely make a full-time living as a meditation teacher. You can do it really, really well. You just have to be consistent. If you're not consistent, then it's going to be a lot harder to do it. You have to literally schedule this in and treat it like your part-time job. And I guarantee in a year to two years after doing this consistently, you'll have a meditation library, you'll have an audience, you'll have a local following, and all these things added up together will be replace your your graphic design income and since you have graphic design skills you can make a really beautiful looking brand and all of your stuff will look gorgeous and it'll be like art so make art and have fun that's my advice yeah chayla yeah i'll jump in here i love this question and i i want to potentially generalize it outside of um, meditation specifically, but going from, I do this full-time thing, but I want to do this other thing in whether it's meditation, coaching, any kind of service-based something, when you want to move and pivot. One of the things that I find when working with people doing this, that a lot of people don't think to do, that seems potentially radically simple is, what do you need to be making to make this your full-time thing? Like actually have a picture of what that pivot point looks like. So if you're doing, I, I don't know the context of whether you're freelancing graphic design or if you have a full-time job doing graphic design. And so that might shift as shift things as well, because some folks can pivot from, can't pivot from their job to their business. Like they're either fully in their job and side hustling. Um, but if you're already freelancing or even shift from a job to freelancing in graphic design while you slowly build, then you can start to build your business and build your offerings in the territory of meditation and what you're really called to do while bridging with these other skills and ways of making money. Because, you know, the, the big question that I hear under how do I do this is how do I pay my bills? How do I meet my basic survival needs while I pivot into this new area that I'm really passionate about? And so having actually knowing what those numbers are, what your bare minimum is, do you have other support where you can actually leap to give yourself more time freedom to really grow into that? 
And then I would say, look at your model. What I love that Bradley just talked about is he just shared a bunch of different possibilities for passive income, for what your revenue model is, um, for being in real rooms with people. But teaching meditation can have a lot of different forms. So you could be teaching group meditations. You could be doing recordings that you're selling and can scale. You could also be doing one-on-one meditation or teaching people about uh, principles, almost like a meditation coaching. So the other thing would be to start brainstorming, considering, like if you can write down 40 different possible services, doesn't mean you're going to do all those services, but just get your brain thinking about what are the different possible ways that I could bring this interest and gift into the world and be paid for it. And then try them, try some out. Because one of the things when that I see a lot is that we have an idea of what we want to do and then we start doing it and we discover, oh, this sucks. I don't like it. It totally drains my energy. Or, oh, I had no idea. I would love this. And I do. And so one of the things when you're wanting to pivot and you've got a vision, but that vision isn't enacted yet, that I really like to see people do is don't wait to be clear or to know what the path is before you start taking action. Because as you start making those moves, more clarity is going to come. Clarity around what's working or not working, clarity around what you enjoy, clarity around what other people are are enjoying and really picking up and wanting more of, and also clarity around your own um, strengths and weaknesses in this new territory. So because it's a new territory, you're going to bump into edges that uh, might feel like, oh, I didn't even know this was here. You know, maybe you get into a room and suddenly realize, ooh, holding space is like really, I get really uncomfortable and really self-conscious or I want to do audio meditation and then you like freeze at the mic. So these, until you start enacting some of the things that you envision, you're not going to know what comes super easily and flows and is really generative and the parts that are more challenging. And for the challenging parts, the last piece I wanna offer is that whenever we move into new territory, we're going to feel a gap and there are going to be challenges. And those challenges can kick up things like fear, doubt, imposter syndrome. Is this really for me? Can I do it? And things at the beginning tend to take longer because they're not yet embodied. So when you are moving into a new space and you're working with these, it's gonna take more emotional energy, more time, Uh, more resources to really get the ball rolling. And sometimes that can stop people or feel like, well, this won't be sustainable or this is really hard, but it won't be like that forever. And so as you move into these new spaces, I highly recommend keeping a journal, coming into places like this where there are people who have done it, who are doing it, who are uh, a space of support to really listen to you and offer feedback and fortify you, but know what your challenging edges are so that you don't just try to circumvent them and only play to your strengths. You need to know where are the places that are scary, where are the places that you need to grow, and then how do you get support to grow those as you move into this space? Those are my thoughts. Thanks. I love your thoughts. And I'll just add from personal experience, having leapt from career path to career path in my 20s and early 30s, I... um, you know, I I started my esthetician practice just refresh out of school and was working two restaurant jobs and was doing catering and doing. And so, you know, I had the energy back then to do that. Now, what I find is it's the same the same thing, right? You have to diversify and kind of keep, well, I think what Chayla said was really important that it would really 
behoove everyone to really do an analysis of what it is that you actually need, like what it is that you actually are going to need for survival. What does it actually look like every month? Because sometimes when we're starting something new, it can feel overwhelming because we think we have to make all the money. Instead, when you look at that number, really go, okay, well, and how much can I expect to make with this something new? How much do I need to fill in the gaps? But the other piece that I think is important is what Chela was mentioning that um, for me, the biggest leap was in surrounding myself with people who are actually doing the thing that I wanted to be doing, because whether you, you know, people go to social media for that, but it's not the only source being in a community of creators and people who are, um, you know, because right now we're kind of reinventing things. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's things that are possible that weren't even possible a few years ago. So if you go into Pinterest or Behance, these like online communities, great. But there's also like real live communities of people who are doing stuff like Creators Club, but a lot of others too, where you can actually get the ideas and actually see it real time, what's working, what's not. And, um, and I think that that really, we don't know what we don't know as we're getting into these, some, some of these new fields, emerging fields. And as a designer, I would also say, take a look at what you're doing in your design work too, because it, let's say you have, you know, it behooves you to do it for another year or two, but maybe there's fresh ways that you can do what you're doing. Use your gifts and design, maybe work with different types of clients, um, do it in a different way, you know, create products that can be sold on um, these platforms like creative market or things like that. Um, because a lot of times I think we pigeonhole ourselves and thinking that the work that we do has to be done in a certain way. And I would just invite you to kind of open that up a little bit too for exploration and seeing what else you can do with the gifts that you have um, to support this transition because it is a process and it is kind of a bridge time for you, it sounds like. And, um, you know, just mix it up and get creative with what you're doing in all fronts. Oh, yeah. So what we're trying to say is it's totally possible. You're on a journey have fun with it, take the leap, invest in yourself, invest in your gifts, believe in yourself, believe in your gifts and start now. Don't, don't wait till you can quit because this is the time. There are people who are going to want and need what you have to offer. So just take that leap and go for it and start. And you never know. You just don't know. When I started teaching meditation, I had no idea that that journey would lead me to this journey. Uh, and all of the places that I've been in between. So that's what happens. Um, cool. I think we got a lot there. I hope you're taking notes, listeners and viewers here. And uh, let's do a live question or brainstorm session here. I'm going to just point out Eric. Eric, come on down. Tell us a little bit about what you're up to and what is the one thing you'd love some focus support on today? Uh, hey, folks. Um, my name's Eric, and I am currently putting together an online course and Mighty Network. Um, and it's my first of both of those. Um, I've taught lots before, but I've never actually put all this together. Um, so I guess I'd be most interested in kind of a uh, like a best practices for you know the the online course I, I know sort of how I want that to look um, but maybe you know some things that uh, be good to think about um, as I develop it which I'm doing right now 
Um, and then um, the Mighty Network. That, that's a little bit of a, you know, I'm, I'm excited to do it, but I'm also um, uh, just, you know, like never done it before. So kind of, and I know you guys are, that's something you specialize in. Great. Can I ask yeah. a question? Yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit about what the course is about and who it's for? And whether it's oh, sure. live and is it live, pre-recorded, a bit of both, maybe, yeah, describe it. Yeah, like what, what the knowns, what, what you already know yeah. about the course. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, the course is for, um, I'll give you a little background. Over the last uh, couple of years, my uh, I have met a lot of uh, Gen Z folks who were having a hard time even dreaming about like, you know, they would just ask me what, you know, like, how do I even get a dream? It's so hard. I feel so anxious. I can't even dream about a future. And I have had I've been fortunate enough to have a life where I have followed and realized all of my dreams. And I realized that over 40 years, I've learned a lot about that. And but I have a lot to teach kids. Kind of, I'm, I feel like I'm entering my Yoda years. So the goal is to to have the course be for anyone really, but it's sort of aimed at at Gen Z kids because they were the ones who inspired me to do this. And I feel like I, I just love everything about what they're doing, the way they're reimagining the world, identity, society, all of it. You know, that just feels like there's so much potential there. Um, I want to have a back and forth with them. The The course, the first course I'm going to teach is going to be a, um, a uh, it's going to be a recorded course. It's not going to be live. Um, but then in the community, I want to do uh, weekly check-ins and then do cohort-based longer courses for smaller groups of people who would, I'd love for it to be inexpensive and available to anyone who wants to do it. But then I'd also like to have a more committed group in the Mighty Network of people who want to support each other and go further with it. I want to introduce the concepts in the first course, which will come with the Mighty Network. Um, or it might, you know, it might just be available standalone. This is the other thing. I'm looking at combining Mighty Network and Thrivecart. Um, and those are more technical questions. Um, so that's uh, to answer your question, Shale. That's that's beautiful. Um, so knowing what I, I've learned about you over the last little while here, Eric. Um, I know you are a storyteller, which is how you've built your audience. Um, so maybe just uh, <clears throat> maybe just share a little bit about uh, how you have uh, how you're known through your audience right now, because I think that that context is also important for everybody to understand. Sure, sure. Yeah, I have a um, I have a sleep podcast called Listen to Sleep. Um, which is worldwide and has a lot of listeners. Um, so I hear from those people a lot and I tell bedtime stories and I, I guide a meditation every week. So I publish twice weekly with that. Uh, and then an extra episode for the people who are on the Patreon. 
So three times weekly. Um, and I am a storyteller and I'm a, I'm an actor and set designer by training. Um, and the, the course I want to develop is basically going to be modeled on the hero's journey. So the whole, the whole course is going to be like going through the hero's journey in your own life, turning your own life into a hero's journey, looking for the riches inner and outer that come from that. And then incorporating these pillars of this program that I've put together, uh, which real quickly are mindfulness, yielding, surrender, um, transformation, embracing change, healing, making room for healing in our lives, because it's just the thing that most people overlook and one of the most important. And then finally, storytelling, learning how to tell our own story, to not just inspire ourselves and see the bigger arc of it uh, for the times that are tough, but being able to inspire others with our story. So I'm going to bring all of that together in this course and then in this community as well so that people can work together to support each other's stories and kind of like what the Creators Club is, just being there to be a uh, a, a new way of seeing and a, a new way of integrating ideas. Beautiful. Okay, so I'm glad I asked that because the, the first thing, and this is, uh, we produced a course years ago called The Great E-Course Adventure, which was our first experience at merging entertainment with transformation and education. And one of the first exercises we do in that story is called a taking inventory exercise. And so the first thing I would, I would look at is like, what do you have right now? Number one, you're a storyteller. You can write stories. Number two, you have all your experience uh, in production. So you know how to produce high quality media. Uh, you know how to produce audio you know how to facilitate transformation through all these different practices that you've incorporated into your life. And so these are assets that you have at your disposal. You know how to do voice acting, you know how to find the right music to score an experience that brings in emotion for people. So all of these are pieces that you have at your disposal. So um, having done the whole thing with uh, meditations audio meditations and now audio stories, imagination meditations for kids and music with Magic Kids. Audio, hands down for everybody out there, just like take this in. Audio is the most transformational media that we can produce with. So for this course, what I would imagine is every week you get your bundle. The bundle is a video of you, a short video, up to five minutes of you talking about this week's theme. And it's you, whether it's out on the mountain or in front of the fire, whatever vibe you're wanting to portray in the story as you being the Yoda. And it includes a guided audio. So it's a, or maybe it's an audio story that they can close their eyes and listen to. And the story is kind of the next chapter. It's the, the chapter of the week, the theme. And maybe there's a character that they're on the journey with each week. And it's kind of like part story part visualization, and then they would receive some form of reflection exercises. Uh, and each week is kind of this like medicine bundle that you're sending them that is like the audio, it's the exercises that they do in their life, 
and a space, a forum for them to journal and, and share their experiences. Now, I would never, ever suggest anybody that's launching a course for the first time do it as fully evergreen because the feedback of your audience going through the journey together live as a cohort is going to feed your soul. It's going to give you the feedback you need to refine your course for your second and third and fourth cohort. So if I was you and I was I was helping to direct and orchestrate this, I would say have the, the weekly bundles and a weekly call. Let's just say it's a five, you named five different kind of pillars for it. It's a five-week course, a weekly bundle. And at the end of each week, there's a live call where people get to share their story and get to share their breakthroughs. And you're holding space and facilitating those conversations. For you as a facilitator, I mean, Evergreen's a beautiful thing and it could be that. But I would suggest for you to have the satisfaction of seeing people experience what you've created those weekly calls will be just so beautiful and really start to be the glue that forms a community and a culture inside of your mighty network because you've got a group of people going through the same journey. So the most important thing um, when you're building an online course uh, is consistency. Consistency is key. You want to create a regular rhythm so that people understand when things are delivered, how to consume the things. You have to really set people up for success so they can work it into their life. So if you're delivering a weekly medicine bundle, then that means they have, say, five days to find their own window of time to do the video, to do the audio and have the experience, and then to, to do whatever exercise or reality experiment you're offering for them would be. So those would be some like simple starting points as a way to to start to dream into what the experience would be. But I think you incorporating storytelling into it because that's what people have been coming to you for, that makes, makes a smooth transition from what you've been doing to this new thing that applies the myth and the storytelling of, of where you've been and what you've been doing, but it allows it to come in a new creative way and it makes it about them and their myth and their story. And so it's interesting that you're going from um, from sleep stories to helping people to awaken their own story in their own life. It's very, very cool. Hey, so Bradley, my, my idea for that, uh, the developing the evergreen course is to take this group of people. I've got a couple hundred people who want to work with me in developing it, basically yeah. giving me feedback said that they would be willing to, you know, hop on a zoom, do the do the thing so i'm kind of i'm doing it developing it basically in public with these people with this group yeah and my idea is to start launching those modules with them going okay guys here's module one you know doing it for free with this group then honing it through this process to wind up with an evergreen one that I can have as the basis for when I launch the mighty network so that you get that when you join and then you jump into the weekly calls. So with this first group of a couple hundred people, I'm basically going to kind of beta it. Yeah. Great. That's, that's beautiful clarity. And we've done this, uh, one of our partners, the Radiant Sutra School of Meditation. That's what they've done the last couple of courses we've co-produced is they, uh, Lauren taught the courses live to the first group. And then they, they transitioned to evergreen after that, because there was just more energy there for him. Um, sure. I think my question would be, if you're doing this live with your first group, 
where does the storytelling come in? Would those be something that you would deliver live? Would you work with your audience to pull out what you need to go and write the story? Or um, is story going to be a part of this? Story would be a part of it. And I could, um, you know, I could do basically my first stab at creating these things and putting them out there to them and then saying, hey, you know, give me feedback. What's missing? What would you like? What didn't this have that you would have liked to have had? Um, Because none of these things are, you know, like for me to do a a five to 10 minute video is it it isn't going to take me a ton of time and effort for me to to script out the audio part, record that, make it nice. Also won't take too long. So um, I do feel like this would, you know, the, the, those are all great suggestions too. And I, I feel like this group is really excited about doing that with me. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I think that it, uh, yeah, it should, it should work to actually just kind of deliver going, okay, guys, here's, here's what I'm looking at week one. Let's all, you know, anybody who wants to can hop on a zoom with me, you know, try it, hop on a zoom with me seven days from now and we'll talk about it. Yeah. You know, we'll talk about what you liked, what you didn't, um, and sort of let them be the, uh, the, the, like the, the first students and also my feedback. Oh, um, sorry. Go ahead, Sheila. I was just going to say, ahead, just Eric, I, I want to just say that what you're up to is so rich and it's so needed and it's just, it's beautiful because it also feels like a perfect use case for Mighty Networks and for, or for something like it, because it's really where, it's a platform that allows your content to come alive and your community to come alive and come together. Like Bradley mentioned around not just community, but culture. It's like this, you know, and I think what I've watched with clients who are building my mighty networks is they'll either come to it from, I have all these amazing courses, but they're just sort of in this isolated course platform. There really isn't the ability to pull people into a richer conversation and to continue the the connection and the flow. Um, Or they built this massive online presence, but there's nowhere to go to organize people in a focused way. Sometimes people see their stuff, sometimes they don't, you know? And so it's like, and and so one of the clients I'm working with is in that moment where it feels like she has all these tendrils out and she's still not able to just get on and live stream with people, bring people together in a cohesive way. And Mighty Networks is allowing her to do that. And I would just say that maybe there's um, just as a possibility, um, maybe, not having to wait until having the course to just actually give people that platform to connect with your with you with each other have maybe the coaching calls every couple of weeks or whatever pace feels right to you and package the stuff you already have the meditations you have and have that be the content that you share for now and letting people know that you know you're working on this amazing course that's coming soon and um anyway that's just that it could be something as easy as that and i think that what you are already doing on social media could easily translate into a mighty networks platform and you wouldn't have to have the course ready to go necessarily but just something to think about but i think it's absolutely i mean just validating for you that what you're 
doing it. And not only do young people need this and want the connection, the community, the conversation, it's, it's why TikTok is taking off. It's that people feel like they have you in the moment, you know, having a true conversation and something is emerging from that. And Mighty Networks is just a better way, I think, to do that um, in a focused way. So. Yeah, I, I do want it to be more of a more of a back and forth. I mean, I was actually on TikTok doing a live right before I joined this, which is why I'm sitting here. <laughs> this is my like my TikTok live chat with Santa um, <laughs> video setup. Um, but the um, the my question about that Celia, is that um, I, I really I the mighty communities that I've joined personally, the ones that were really rich with some content to dive into in the beginning I felt had a they're the ones I stuck with and they're the ones where I felt like I just had a real wow experience right off the bat um and I I, I appreciate your idea about the meditations but all the meditations I have are also available for free on the podcast you know so it would be kind of just like repurposing stuff some people have even heard um and so I want to make sure that when people join the community, because I do want it to be a paid community, because um, I want people who are committed and I want it to feel, you know, worthwhile for, for me as the creator and host. Um, so that that's really what my and I've heard Gina uh, Bianchini talk about this, too. Just start your community. But I've joined a couple communities that didn't really have anything there but the community. And if there aren't you know, a quorum of active people there doing something, you're like, why am I here? You know, it's like, it's like going to a party where there's nobody there. Um, So that, I guess that, that would be my question about starting before the course. And one of the reasons I'm thinking that it might be worth doing the course first so that I can give that wow experience to people right when they start. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, launch until there's a solid strategy in place around what's offered in there, that there's a core offering in the space. And for us, when we work with a partner to build their, their mighty networks, if let's just say there's 12 different topics inside of the mighty network, we wouldn't Mm -hmm. launch the mighty network until each topic has at least two pieces of content connected to it. So when people are exploring topics, that there's already a library of content in there because what you're what you're building is a living library. Uh, right. The beautiful thing about having a mighty network is all of a sudden it's your space to like foster those relationships and hold people, and it's also your your creative space that you get to test out ideas. You get to make things and have an active group that is waiting for that. So I I wouldn't open it prematurely because you only get one chance to launch your space. And if people come in when it's premature, not fully baked, they get the taste of like, well, that sucks. I'm not coming back. No matter how many times you market to me that this space is here and it's alive when it's like more evolved six months down the road, I'm not going because my first experience was, well, that sucked. There's nothing happening. I want want it to be awesome. Yeah. You want it to be awesome, which means you need to like, take some space to really dream into what happens in there, like beyond the course, what are the mm-hmm. conversations? What is the the weekly rhythm inside a, a life of the community member? Um, mm-hmm. What pieces of content? Why, why come here? What, what's feeding me on the weekly basis? Because 
what you're battling with when you create your own community is you're coming up against people's addiction to social media, that they're going on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok eight times a day for 10 minutes per time of scroll time. What you're trying to do is re-entrain them to come be filled up over here. Because if people are doing that, they're, they've got a hole that they're trying to fill up. And what you're trying to do is like shift that rhythm and that pattern in their mind and in their daily life. And you're giving them something that's richer than going back over to the, to the endless wall. So having a, a clear plan of like, how are you holding people inside of your space on a regular basis? So whether it's like a daily post or weekly medicine bundles, just like you would with the course, like these things will be thought out and, and planned. Like when we're building a mighty network here at Magic, it's usually six months to get it launched uh, from the beginning of a project till when your community finally comes in. And that six months includes a 35-day pre-sales launch process um, because it takes time to actually like create the plan to make the content or to find the content that you've already created and pull it all together inside mm -hmm. of the new space that you're building. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that sounds about right to me, you know, and kind of, and I, I and I, that is, that, that's my plan as well. So yeah. Cool. Beautiful. Taylor. Do it. Do it. Okay. I was going to say, Neil, go. It's, it's just really quick. And it's um, really around building out a process for, first of all, actually, you're so cool. So it's super cool. a pleasure to meet you. Hearing what you've been doing is amazing. And I love your target market, which makes it makes these folks sound like commodities. But working with this younger generation coming up and sharing your wisdom is so needed and really touching. And I'm very excited about your project. And to hear Thank that you've got this 200 people that are like wanting to beta with you. And so what I wanted to offer is um, creating a process for that feedback, which it sounds like you're already thinking about. But one of the things that came up as you were speaking is around, so if you have these different lessons or different modules, and then you're going to be riffing with them and getting feedback, one thing that you could do upstream is, you know, whenever I'm thinking about building content, building courses or building live experiences is what do I want people to feel? What do I want them to experience? And what outcome do I want them to have on the other side of this? And if you, so I, I hear you that you're doing the hero's journey arc. And so if that's your kind of overarching context for the journey you want to take them on, what happens at each phase? So for each lesson or each story that you're doing, if you can upstream, think through what feelings, experiences, and outcomes you want people to have, and then what stories are you going to tell and, or, or lessons are you going to bring forward through your storytelling? And then you have that in mind as you do your beta. And then as you're receiving feedback, listen to what was it like for them? And so what feelings, experiences, and outcomes did people get that wasn't your intention or were unexpected? Or did what you intended actually hit? So then you're not versus, okay, I'll put it out there and then I'll see what it's like. Then the kind of beta can start to lead you. And, and what yeah. I think you want is, you want co-creation. So you you want to be responding to what they've been asking for, but you also want to lead them through something specifically. So yeah, if you that's my my thoughts is have a process for knowing what you want it to do 
and then checking, did it do that? That's the idea with this group. Exactly. Is getting together and kind of like doing the the check-in that would come kind of with the course, but then also the one afterwards. Okay. What, what specifically worked, what didn't work, you know, so like treating them as if they're not just taking the course, but they're helping me build it. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, which yeah, is what they all have signed up for and are excited about anyway. That is amazing that you've got that. That it's going to be just a total goldmine for refining what your offering is. And I, I hope think so. it would, yeah. I think it'd be really great to to also let them know, well, this was what I was intending with it. How could that have been better? So if you're really clear at the outset, then that's going to help you kind of like have a stake in the ground for them to wrestle with and give feedback versus like, I'll put it out and then we'll just see what happens. Totally. Totally. Good advice. Thank you. Awesome. It sounds like you're, you're already on that track. It's amazing. I can't wait to learn more about what, where this goes. Well done. (laughs) Eric, I was just going to hop in. I think you got a lot of great advice here. And, um, I, I agree that this is going to be a very cool course and the content, seems very strong that you already have together. Um, my only thought is on top of that, like if you want the wow factor and stuff, it's just to encourage you not to, um, or to encourage you to make use of thumbnails and banners and maybe partner with, because when I think of stories, I think of book covers and, and graphics and, and make it a magical place, partner with an artist, a local artist or or something like that that you can like, maybe if there's the same characters in all the images, or if you don't, if you want them to be the characters, you could just give them the landscapes where this next part of the journey is going to be, and then make it like, you know, make it magical in there, make it an, give them an environment to, uh, to learn and dream in. Uh, I think that might help to give you that wow factor, just to plus it, put it one more, one higher, you know, like. Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, great. Thank you. And uh, let's talk about the tech side of things when you get to that stage, because the Mighty Networks Thrivecart integration is kind of a complex beast, but I'll just, the tools that you'll need, you'll need your landing page, which will then, when they go to buy, that will go to Thrivecart. When they purchase Thrivecart, you'll connect through Zapier or Zapier, you'll connect Thrivecart to your email list. So active campaign, convert kit, MailChimp, whatever you're using. Um, and then that will automatically invite them into your community or into your course inside of Mighty Networks. Um, Mighty, the, the integration is not perfect. And I think that's partially by design because Mighty Networks wants you to obviously use everything that they have. And yeah. so um, there's some specific workarounds that I won't get into so we don't make anybody's brain fall out of their heads uh, when people unsubscribe from your mighty network, et cetera, and getting them onto your email list. So yeah, we can cross that bridge when you get to it, if you want. Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, you know, in, in my reading about it and kind of just looking at the bigger picture of scaling um, that, you know, the, the extra charges from mighty network. And also I like, I, I wasn't so keen on that. And then the, um, I like the more owning my customer and Thrivecart is a pretty amazing platform yeah. um, that I can integrate a lot of other things with. So 
um, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, it does seem complicated and I'm excited that you, um, you can help lead me through that. Sweet. All right. Helpful. Got some stuff. Yeah. Super helpful. Thanks folks. I appreciate it. Beautiful. That's, uh, that's the fun part about the magic mind. There's a lot of magic spark there. Um, well, let's jump into another, uh, another question from the audience here that wrote in. And this one, I, I'm just going to squish these two together because they seem like they're they're similarly related. Uh, so this one uh, is around video and audience. So I've been creating video content for quite a while on YouTube, but haven't had much success in developing a following. Do you have any advice to help me gain some traction and find my audience? So that's part one to the question. These are actually two different people, but it kind of goes together. Uh, part two is, it seems like there are so many people creating videos about the subject I'd like to teach about. Is it worth it for me to continue creating videos on this topic or should I pick something else that I might be less interested in, but has less competition? So two very similar questions. One, how do I find my audience? Two, how do I find my topic in doing video productions? So any of you want to jump in first? All right, Shayla, come on down. She pushed the buzzer first, folks. Well, the, the second Family one, it, it's, it's real quick, but like, I mean, some people can sustain working on something that they're not interested in, but that was an immediate flag for me. Like, should I do something that seems like it's got less competition? It's like, listen, anything you're going to do, there's going to be competition and anything you do, you can find a way to stand out. So that's my initial impulse around that is like, if you're not that interested, it's going to be doing videos and teaching your thing and building if if you don't care about it you're not going to be weathering the storms that come with building an audience and then the practical tactical advice you know if this is is auto repair which i know nothing about but i might watch a youtube video if i wanted to know something about it and so one of the things that i would suggest doing is when you feel like there is a saturated market, whether it's auto repair YouTube or coaching industry, or like we can look at anything and go, oh, but there's so many, what's my place? And I think that's the question is, what is your place? What's your unique thing? What is your style? What's your way that maybe not nobody is doing, but very few are doing in the way that you're doing it. And if you don't know, here's a practice that you could do. I would suggest that you go and check out a bunch of different auto repair YouTube channels and watch a few of each person's. And as you watch them go, what's their unique angle? What's their style? You know, like their voice and style and the way that they approach it. What are the things that they're doing really strong? And what do I see as an expert in my field is kind of missing and do that with multiple people. And now you've got a little bit of a, a map and a sense of like research of what other people's unique things are and where you see the gap. And then you can, because sometimes we can't always see what our unique voice and style and way is, but by noticing that each of these different YouTube auto repair experts have their own, then you start to go, oh, what's mine? And an extra bonus of doing this practice is say you do that across five people and you notice in your notes that every, which is there some thing that you noticed was missing across the board that you feel strong about or have an expertise in, that is a, a possible way to target your angle of how you want to show up and teach about auto repair. So those are my 
thoughts? Neil, you've been down the YouTube rabbit hole for a long time. Yeah, I think those are great thoughts, uh, Caleb. Um, I agree. Um, with an oversaturated market like that, I, I always think of the analogy of Italian restaurants, right? There's a billion of them. They all serve just about the same thing. They got spaghetti, they have lasagna, they have chicken cacciatore or whatever. Um, but everybody has their, their favorite Italian restaurant, no matter who it is, the one they love to go to. And it, and it could be the atmosphere, it could be the people there, it could be the music they play, it could be close to their house, you know, convenient. So, you know, think of, think of it like that. Like you may be doing something similar, but they're going to go for you, for the way you do it. And um, I, I'll echo... But Shayla said again about the saying, the riches are in the niches, right? Like you could do auto repair or whatever it is. Um, and maybe you just niche down auto repair on Subarus, auto repair in five minutes, auto repair with all the wrong tools, auto repair to music or to song or something. I don't know. Um, these are just, you know, ideas where you can take this one topic and kind of focus it um a little bit more to get you know to stand out um and for the first part i guess uh, if you're looking to build your audience there's three things you can look at um you're either they're not clicking on it they're not watching the whole thing or they're not finding it interesting enough to subscribe um so you can look at your analytics for a lot of these things in youtube look to see um the click through rate like from the instances of your thumbnail showing up, if people aren't clicking on it, it might just be the thumbnail that isn't enticing enough for them to, to click on. Or if they're they're watching a couple seconds of it and then bouncing off, maybe, maybe, maybe it's boring. I don't know. I don't know how to better say that. Maybe you need to to sit with somebody, um, show it to a bunch of friends, show it to people that that you don't know and, and say, could you just give me some, some critical feedback on this? Like, what do you think? And, and hopefully they can tell you what might be missing, why people are bouncing off. Um, and yeah, if you also do it consistently enough that people will want to subscribe, if they, if you get through those two like uh, obstacles and then people are watching it, but they're not subscribing, just, just keep going, just keep doing it and encourage them to subscribe and try to have a consistent posting schedule. Uh, so people will expect it. They'll be like, Oh, I want to make sure every, every day I get that, that video from them or from you or every week or whenever it is. Um, that's why I subscribe to people. I know that they're going to post every day or on Fridays, they're going to post and stuff like that. So that, that's my advice on those two things. Um, I just, I think it was just yesterday. So, uh, a guy with a really great channel on entrepreneurship, uh, Matt Giovannisi, uh, his brand is money lab. And so he just comes up with all these different experiments, uh, to, to find ways to generate revenue with his business. One, he's got multiple different brands. He has one about like cleaning your pool, which he started years ago, I think called Swim University. And I kind of got him started on this journey. He has a new one called Brew Cabin that he does all this home brewing stuff. And he does these home videos for his home brewing stuff. But then he also has courses that just teach entrepreneurs how to create online. So in his most recent experiment, um, it was around caring 
So the difference between when he really cares about a creative project versus when he's just making it to say that, okay, I made another thing. I'm keeping, I'm going. And this is something I've been saying for a lot of years. It's like, don't make content, make art. So find your own artistic expression. And so what happened for him in this experiment, he said, usually like in the videos that he was doing for like his Instagram reel, they might take him up to an hour to make. But in this one, he really geeked out. He got lost in the creative process. And he spent, he said somewhere around five or six hours making this one video for his Instagram reel about this new brewing method or type of, I can't remember the type of beer or whatever it was. But he said he spent five to six hours in the creative process. And this video went viral. And it got tons of exposure, tons of traffic, lots of new people finding his page. And he said, the difference for me was, is just give a shit. And if you really care about more, if you get more focused on the creative process of building a work of art and less focused on getting the work done or getting as many clicks or comments as you possibly can, if you just make the art because you love this topic, you love creating things for people, that energy is going to come through the final product of what you're putting out there. And then the other piece that I'll say is um, post across multiple platforms. So if you're making a video for YouTube, how can you take that same asset and post it on all the other channels you might be on? So posting it on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, wherever you are, that can also help. And then the other piece is uh, looking at all of the top channels in the realm that you're in, what do their thumbnails look at, look like? What tags are they using? Notice how they do the descriptions inside of this, the scope of the thing. What are they calling the titles of their videos? So just pay attention to what some of the top YouTubers in your world are doing and start to copy some of those things because they've, they're, a hundred steps ahead of you in understanding the YouTube algorithm and how to create searchable things that people are looking for. So start to don't necessarily copy exactly, but mirror what they're doing uh, because those people are industry mirrors. They're not your competition. They're just mirrors and they can teach you if you pay attention to what they're doing. I'll just add that I think what everybody's been talking about is that might be helpful to go through a branding process. So that is what happens in a branding, you know, uh, journey is that hopefully you explore what is it that makes you unique, your content unique. What is that specific niche niche um, that you are actually carving out? And it's a great time to do that once you already have a little bit of content and you have a body of work because then an outside person perspective looking in can give you that piece that you're missing to really differentiate it and make it resonate. So I think that that alignment process is what gives so much more power when you're putting any kind of message out there. And I think that what we talked about on Tuesday, which is the most powerful you could question you can ask is why not what, you know, you're not just teaching the thing. It's like that heart and soul that's behind the reason why you're teaching the thing is the thing that people connect to. And, you know, the people I follow that I'm interested in. It's like, uh, it's not just an interior design TikTok. It's about, it's because she's empowering women to DIY their own house projects, you know, and, and that's, that's what is missing. I think maybe from the, 
people go out and create content, they're focused on what they want to create, but not why somebody would want to engage and, and consume the content and really pay attention on an ongoing basis. So anyway, I think a branding process, maybe talking to somebody and figuring out what your unique essence is and how to communicate it more powerfully would be helpful. And there you have it. There's some advice on finding your audience and finding your topic and getting more exposure through the channels and the work that you're doing. Do it as an experiment. Just focus on these things. And for the the first advice with Chela gave about studying five people in your industry, just put it in your calendar that you're going to watch YouTube for 90 minutes and study some of these other people in your industry and just schedule that in as a task and take lots of good notes while you're doing it. And I bet you're going to learn and discover a lot and get inspired on how you can upgrade what you're doing for yourself. Beautiful. All right. Let's do one more question here. Cause this is a good one that was uh, written in here. So I know I can't do keep doing what I'm doing. I'm burning out and not making enough money, but I feel overwhelmed by all of the tech and it feels daunting to grow my presence online with so much already out there. Oh gosh, I can feel the, I can feel that anxiety in my system here. So let's all uh, take a breath because I know a lot of people feel this way. Let's take a breath, feel into the feels, because that's real. Especially if you're just starting out and you haven't learned the skills and you're kind of scrambling to do all the things, you're flying solo, trying to make a living, you might be working a job, maybe you've got kids, and just trying to do all of the things. And it's a lot of things that you have to learn in this space. And thank goodness that you're not just starting, and the tech is where it was in 2007 when I got started, because man, what you have available now, as far as the tools that go, the technology, the things that help you literally plug and play to get a business off the ground for way less money, way easier. Like there's so much available. So the first thing I'm just going to encourage you to do is just like take a pause breathe, just like find a space of center because to bring your life's work forward into the world, you want to leave that anxiety behind. You want to move forward feeling a little more clear in your mind, which means understanding your intentions. What is the intention? If you can pause long enough to take a step back from needing all the things now and having to do all the things to just remembering your big important why. Why are you doing this? Why does it matter? Why does it matter to you? And why is it going to matter to the people's lives that you're devoted to serving? And if we can get back to that why, we can calm the nervous system enough to see things a little more clearly. And then the next thing is if you have all of this stuff on your on your on your plate in your life right now, just writing all the things down that you feel are on your plate right now, just as a, an exercise to just see it in front of you of like, oh, this is why my brain feels frantic is I have all of these things. And if you can see it in front of you, 
you can actually ask yourself the next important question is like, okay, this is where I am and what I have on my plate. What are my priorities at this moment in my life based on where I want to go, which is, which is a journey. It's a long-term journey. You don't have to rush to get there right now. So what are my priorities based on all of these things? And maybe you could release some anxiety by crossing some of the things off your list that you have deemed priorities or that you have given your time to that may be out of alignment with that core intention, that root why that you're feeling in your heart that is pulling you forward. And if you can cross a few things out, maybe it's things you've committed to, maybe it's relationships that pull you down, maybe it's a creative project that you thought was a, it was a sparkly shining object that's actually not in alignment with where you're trying to go, whatever it might be, sometimes you have to maybe put certain things on the shelf and come back to them later or complete something that you know maybe before you start this thing you have to complete a couple other things so that your plate is clear of those things that you're doing and that little priority exercise taking some space to to really be the visionary of your own life and use the power of your own intentions is going to help to ease that anxiety so that you can see the path ahead a little more clearly than when you're frantically trying to do all the things and drowning in overwhelm. So that's my first bit of advice because in 18 years, I can't tell you how many times that overwhelm has taken me down and I've had to take a day or two personal time to just go lay on the ground and let that melt away so that I can see again. And that's an important part because as Einstein said, something along the lines of you can't solve the problems with the same consciousness that created them. And when you're in that space, you're not going to be able to have your brilliance shine through in the work that you're doing. Jayla, I'm pulling you out because I know this is a this is a muscle conversation. Okay, I was like, I just keep jumping in, so I was like, I'm just gonna give space for others to go first, but let me get in here. Let okay. me at it. <laughs> first thing that occurs: you are an animal. You are not a machine. And when it comes to entrepreneurship, building stuff, especially getting into tech productivity in a culture that preferences productivity to a pathological level. It is very easy to start to relate to yourself and your body and your creativity as though it should produce like a machine, but you're an animal. And so, so I'm going to jump on a bunch of stuff that Brad just said here, because it's so like the pulling back. One of the first things that flagged as I heard, like I'm burnt out, but I'm trying all this stuff and it's not working. One of the lenses or ways of orienting to my own creative work, my projects, my clients, that has made all the difference for me is the lens of seasonality. And here where I live on the wet coast, we have four seasons. We're working with life and death cycles. So a lot of times, if we're relating to ourselves and our work as a machine, that we should be doing this predictable upward trend, more, 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 getting somewhere, constantly growing, constantly doing, constantly getting better, um, that we're going to arrive somewhere, then it can feel like we need to always be on, we need to always be churning, and that no matter where we are, we're somehow behind. And that feeling can be incredibly anxiety provoking and then leads to burnout. And the energy of 
um, productivity and production and initiating and moving is like spring, summer, right? Like, especially if you, it sounds like you might be, you've been at it for a while, but it still feels like you're in the beginning. Like the business and the projects themselves are in kind of a spring. You've been planting seeds and making things and and um, kind of initiating, but it's not taken root yet. But your own nervous system and your way of working is deeply craving rest and space. If you're on the edge of burnout, that's an autumn into winter kind of vibe. And so if your work is needing a season that your animal can't meet, you need to recalibrate. So it sounds like, I mean, I love this idea of what's the list of all the things and can you get back to the core essential? What is your priority? What is your goal? Because what can happen is we go, oh, I want to do my life's work uh, in this way. And then I want to make money at it. And then as we go, especially with tech, there's all these tactics and strategies and things to do that we think are going to get us there. And so as you write that list, looking at what are the things that I'm doing that I'm doing to then get to something to eventually get to the thing versus what's a what's a more direct route? If I can prune take away, simplify, get to the very core of what I both, what I have the energy and alignment for, but also is meeting the goal, but in ways where you can get space and rest, earthing, big fan. You know, when Bradley said, I go and lay on the ground for a couple of days, like after you write that list, get your body somewhere where your body gets regulated. For me, it's getting myself out into the forest or into the ocean. A lot of times I see what happens for people is when they're feeling burnt out and overwhelmed, then they stay at it and they toil or they consume more, watch more, uh, work away in with machines. I mean, technology is great and brilliant and offers us so much, but we aren't machines and we can only tolerate engaging with machines and not with animals in nature for so long before we start to feel fried. So you really need to take a look at how do I nourish my body and my nervous system and get to a place where I can feel at home in my own being because even prioritizing is going to be hard if you aren't at home in yourself. Those are my thoughts. And I just want to validate, this is really hard work. Like this challenge, every entrepreneur has dealt with this, whether tech is their edge. Like I am the least... The other thing is like, if you have the resources, just go hire somebody to do this. I will not and never have done any of my tech myself because it just makes me so mad and I'm so impatient and I barely know how to upload a document. And I've managed to create a thriving online business for over a decade with zero tech skills. So if that's the other thing that I'll offer is if if you suck at this and you hate it, see if you can... If you don't have the money to hire somebody, is there somebody who's brilliant at it and you can trade your services in your genius zone with theirs? So that's another possibility is not only what your what are your priorities, but what are you really excellent at that you can offer out to receive somebody else's excellence in this area? And on that, which was one of the topics we talked about on Monday with building a community was around collaboration. So before saying, I can't afford tech, Ask your start asking for quotes around how much it would cost you to have the work done. And then from that quote space, you can barter, you can 
inquire about somebody partnering with you as your as your tech team as a percentage of revenue that you generate together like i tell my son all the time he's six i hear him say i can't open this i'm like ah young child you said the c word again i'm sure you can do this you just need to ask yourself the question of how can i do this and get into a more expansive place of possibility and when you're in that expansive place, new solutions arise. And it's like, ah, Papa, can you help me open this? Oh, great question. Now you did do it. You just asked for help. And so it's really important that you just get rid of that filthy, nasty C word when it comes to doing all the things in life. <laughs> I love this conversation. It's been such a part of my path, this burnout word, the B word. Um, but I think everything that that Bradley and Shayla have shared is amen to all of that. I think that when I read that, that question or that, um, it feels like a calling out for help. <laughs> and uh, take care of you first, because from a place of burnout, it's impossible to be creative and expansive, but I think that also there's a tendency to get into analysis paralysis. So when you're in that desperate, like, get me out of here and you look out to see, well, what's the option? What are, what are other people doing to get out of this, this thing that you're in? And, and what I'm assuming is it's like a one-to-one -one service-based model where I know a lot of my clients who are therapists, coaches, especially during COVID are burnt out and they haven't taken that time because it feels like they don't have it to be able to replenish themselves and their animal bodies. And so, um, but they look at, you know, oh, building an online course or they see that it has to look one way. And I think what we're offering in Creators Club, that's what I inspired me to even join as a member of Bradley's community is that I was all of a sudden seeing, oh my gosh, there's all these other ways it can look too, that there's, you know, it doesn't need to be a black and white option that there's just, there's so much possible when you actually allow yourself to tap into what you want to create and how you want it to look so that it serves who you are. Like Chayla just said, you don't have to be super techie and you can still serve and get your mission and your message out there. Um, and so, yeah, I think surrounding yourself with people who are doing it and doing it in a way that aligns with who you are is, is key to that. So. I can totally uh, speak to, to the tech issue. Luckily I'm a person that enjoys tech. I, I see someone else do it. And I'm like, how do they do that? I want to learn how to do that. And that's how I, I end up like, yeah, getting all these, so it's all this information up here and stuff. Uh, but I have been burnt out. There was a time like during the pandemic when I was live streaming every day and I was going to live stream a lesson and I did it for over a hundred days. And at the same time, I'm like creating a course and I'm doing social media and I'm doing all these things. And that's what really burnt me out. And after doing that, I, I was completely wiped out. I was, I, and I just, stop doing everything. I was like, all right, I know the algorithm is going to punish me, but I'm not going to be a slave to the algorithm. I'm just going to stop and then see what happens. But what happened is I kept getting subscribers, even though I stepped away, you know, like I, things became clearer, um, the next steps. Cause I, I was like, well, what do I do now? What's the next step? Um, but I think the the thing to think about too, is it might take more than four days. I, I stopped for like a couple months. I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm not going to rush it. So if you, 
I would say just follow your your intuition, your gut, and say you'll know when it's enough, and and you'll see things start to interest you again, and you know you'll see the next steps on the path um, will arise. Um, so yeah, don't rush, don't rush the time off. You don't, you, you don't, you haven't given up until you until you stop until you know I'm done. You know, like you haven't failed until you give up. So you know you're just taking a pause. So. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. And I just want to, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot, Eric, because I've seen you nodding your head. And we know that you're a wise, wise Yoda of the mountain. What advice would you have for this overwhelmed person that's trying to make their dreams come true? So I'm sure there's some Yoda wisdom here. Um, I, I do think that, that, that the don't give up thing is the most important, really, because um, every, I just put out my newsletter yesterday about this, about all the failures that led to uh, the life of my dreams, that it's never a direct path. It always has challenges. Uh, There are always times when you want to quit, but that the dream that you don't see is the one that's beyond the dream you do. And you can only follow the dream you see, but I don't know. I mean, I think more often than not, the dream that I started following was not the dream that I realized, but the dream I realized was so much better than the one I started following. And I see so many people give up too early and they go, I tried, didn't work, nah, you know, and that, that hurts. You know, like it hurts me and I can see it hurts other people too. So, yeah, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, don't give up, you know, like you're going to have to give up one day, you know, your your body's just going to fail. We're all going to die. So don't, don't give up before that. (laughs) Mm. I love that. What, uh, one more thing, please. It's, there is nothing wrong with you. I think that what can happen for a lot of us, like when I was starting to say, this is challenging. And Eric, I love how you, this image of the dream that, you, that you're that you going for and then the dream that you can't see and staying with it. And the path being like this is like, it's easy to interpret when things aren't working, when they're hard, when you're burning out, that that's a function of your own individual failing. This is a collective challenge. Like, There are systemic barriers all over the place to people living thriving, relaxed, creative, lucrative lives. And so we're we're uniquely, we're like trying to do something really unique to bring our gifts and our interests and our passion and our genius and contribute to people and make money off it. Like that's the holy grail of life's work. One that so many people don't even go for. So that you're going for it at all and it's hard is normal and it's not because there's something wrong with you. And you're going to fail so much along the way. Failure is absolutely a part of it. And a lot of what we see on social media, well, people talk about their 15 figures that they make a month and all of the like highlight reels of their life. The projection of perfection and I never failed and I'm at the top of my game and everything is so awesome. It's everywhere. 
And so if you're also finding when you're burnt out and you're tired and you're deflated and you're like, is it me? What's wrong with me? If you are looking at and comparing yourself to other people, stop that too. Because what you're seeing isn't true. Being human is hard. Following your dreams is hard. It can also be blissful and exciting and all the beautiful things. But if you're struggling, that is not because you're failing. You're struggling because you're going for something really important. Yeah. And that's the final thing I'll say. The final, final thing I'm going to say here is that struggle. Because we're either struggling for somebody else's dreams or we're struggling for our own dreams. And it's very satisfying at the end of the day to know that the struggles we overcame today or the struggles we met were our own struggles. So they're, they're for the thing that we believe in, that we feel we're here for. And because regardless, I mean, we're, we're humans flying through outer space on a rock guarantee we're going to have struggles along the way that's just the nature of reality so we may as well struggle for the things that we believe in and want for ourselves our family our life and the people around us and this friends is the delightfulness of the magic mind. We do this every two weeks inside of the Creators Club where you bring uh, whatever it is, your struggles, your challenges, your questions, the things you're working on, your new website you built, a new video you produced, and we get to jam, we get to help have breakthroughs, and we all get to move forward together. Um, And then inside the space of the Creators Club, we have a community, we have oodles of courses, master classes, templates, resources. You get access to one-on-one coaching with each of us coaches here. You get group coaching. We do get shit done work parties where you can do breakout groups with the coaches, or you can just have a focus container to work on your stuff. We have multiple writing days per week that start next year when Chayla joins, because she runs a beautiful writing group called the Creative Cauldron. Uh, and it's, we do office hours as coaches, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and as you can probably tell, we're not douchebaggy slick ricks here that are trying to make a buck off of you. We're going to see you later. Once we get your money. Uh, that's why it's a year long commitment to join the creators club is because we're going on a journey together And on that journey, we guarantee there's going to be challenges. We guarantee there will be roadblocks along the way. We guarantee there's going to be a lot of inspiration, creativity, and magic as well. And that's just the nature of going on an adventure with a group of people. There's a lot of things that we can't foresee in this moment, but together we can get to the top of the mountain. So thanks everybody for tuning in live and in the future. We are grateful and thankful for you and what you're doing in the world. Don't give up, as the wise Yoda once said five minutes ago. Thanks so much, everybody. And make sure you apply before November 30th. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Making Magic Podcast with your host, Bradley T. Morris from Magic Media. If you're inspired to leverage your life's work by crafting your transformational, educational, and inspirational media, thriving online community, profitable membership, or to turn your message into a movement, 
then head on over to magicmedia.com, that's M-A-J-I-K, media.com, and explore what our Creators Club or partnership opportunities have to offer you and your beautiful business.